Hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter, as well as a personal trainer. And I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie Lindahl. Thank you so much for listening. In today's podcast, this is actually podcast number 21, which like, I am actually going to give myself a self five that I have actually stuck keeping going with this. And yeah, I'm hoping, hoping that I'm getting better. (laughs) I feel like Barney Stinson from, um, how I met your mother when he's like, have you been checking out my blog? You should read my blog. It gets better. So that's how I feel about this podcast. So maybe in like another hundred episodes, I'll be like, woohoo, we're better. But Actually, that kind of goes along with the theme of what I wanted to talk about today. That just dawned on me (laughs) because the theme that I wanted to talk about today is about getting better and kind of about getting better and getting progressing in life, things that you maybe used to believe, but you've changed your mind on. And that's exactly what I want to talk about today. And this has been inspired by, I don't know, me feeling nostalgic lately and I decided to scroll through my Instagram from way back to when I first started it in like 2015, I think was when I started it. And so I scrolled all the way back and looked through a lot of my old posts. And um, I also get kind of like this same feeling, excuse me, when I go through, you know, the memories on um. Instagram and the memories on Facebook about things that, you know, just as you grow and learn more and change as a person, the things that you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I have changed on a lot of these things, or I have a really different opinion now than I used to. And I've just learned more. I've expanded my knowledge. And anyway, so that's what I wanted to talk about today is actually things throughout my fitness journey that I used to believe or used to do that I've changed my mind on. And I've done a similar podcast on mistakes that I made in my journey. But for me, this is like, but for this one, this is things that I used to believe in things that I used to think were the ultimate way to, you know, progress and get to my goals and stuff. And then change my mind over time. The more that I've learned, the more I've worked with people, the more I've worked with myself in my journey and working with clients. So anyways, I, as I was going through my social media, I created like this list of things that I used to believe or used to do that I've since changed my mind on over the past, you know, however many years it's been. And I feel like as we get older and as we progress and as you get more experience with things, whether it be in your career or even as a mom or just in life, you learn things and you expand your knowledge and you grow up and you change and you're always going to be changing and always going to be learning and stuff. And I feel like, you know, as silly as I feel that I used to believe these things, or like when you look through your Facebook, Instagram memories and you're like, Oh my God, like, 
high school me should not have had a Facebook page. And, but usually if you're looking back on things that you used to do when you were younger and you think, wow, I was such an idiot or such a moron, that usually means that you've grown and changed as a person. And I don't know anybody like, I mean, I'm 30, I'll be 31 in June. And so looking back at like 20 year old me, 19 year old me, even like 24, 25 year old me, I'm like, wow, I was a moron. (laughs) And maybe I wasn't always a moron with everything, but there was just things that I didn't know and things that I had yet to learn and maturity and stuff and mistakes that I made that only experience in life would be able to teach me. And I mean, you know, I'm only 30 and I'm sure when I'm 50 or when I'm 40, I'll be looking back at 30 year old me and be like, wow, she was an idiot. She didn't know what she was doing in life. And I feel like when I'm 70, I'll think that 50 year old me was an idiot. And just, you know, you're always learning and growing and changing. And I feel like if you're not looking back at your past self, from years before and being like, wow, I was, you know, really glad that I got out of that phase. I'm really glad that I did this or did that. And it might not be for every little thing, but certain things, I feel like that's a good thing and that it shows that you're growing and changing. And with these old posts that I have on Facebook and Instagram, I'm never going to take them down. I'm not going to take them down. I'm not going to change them. So, I mean, you can scroll way, 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 way down into my social media to find kind of some of the silly things that I would say and talk about. Um, and I'm going to leave them because I feel like then as you scroll up, you'll see how experience and things have changed over time. And that's okay. And I feel like a lot of people go through this as they go throughout their careers and all that. And especially like personal trainers go through a lot of this. So anyways, enough of my rambling. So I created a big list. I'm going to just kind of go through them and talk a little bit about them. I don't know how in depth I'm going to get into this list or how in depth I'm going to go in for every single one, but I'm just going to riff off things that I used to believe that I have changed my mind on, thankfully, as I've become more experienced and better as a trainer and into my own personal journey with fitness and health. And yeah, number one, is carbs should be restricted. So this was when I was really early in my journey. I was following some people on social media that were in the bodybuilding world. And one of these people in particular preached about their own type of diet um, that she did and sold plans on and things like that. And of course I just felt she was super lean, which I'll get into later on. Um, but she was a super lean, muscular person, like lean 365. And it, part of the reason why was also was a, this super restrictive diet, but her stance on carbohydrates and how you should only have them at certain times of day and that otherwise carbs should be like restricted and you should only have carbs at certain times a day and everything like that. And it's just, it's nonsense. It's silly. Like carbohydrates, your body runs on them. Your body needs them. They are delicious. They are a part of a good, healthy, balanced lifestyle and they don't need to be restricted. So it's been over the past few years, me changing my opinion on that and making a point to include them all throughout the day. So now I will have them breakfast. I'll have some carbohydrates at lunch. I'll have some carbohydrates at dinner. Whereas like previously I would maybe have like oatmeal for breakfast, but then 
for the rest of the day, I wouldn't really have carbs. And I would like cut down on fruit and things like that because I believe that at the time, carbohydrates should only be eaten at certain times a day, like right before or after your workout, which is silly. You can have them any time of day. Um, anyways, that's kind of, it's a silly one. Carbohydrates don't need to be restricted. Former belief. Next one is that cheat days are okay. And I'm going to get into this. Now, what I mean by cheat days are okay is the mentality of restrict, 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 and then have a cheat day or a cheat meal. And I used to call it a treat, treat day, treat meal. But what I've realized it did for me is when I would restrict, restrict, restrict throughout the week, and then I would have my treat meal or treat day on the weekend, I would go just balls to the wall because I over-restricted so much during the week. Like I over-restricted like crazy during the week. And then when those treat meals came on the weekend or whatever it was, it was just would be off the wall. And I felt like I either couldn't control myself or I felt like, oh, I was so good during the week that I'm just going to eat whatever I want on Saturday. And to me, that was like in my own head, a version of balance. Now there are people that do this and it works for them and that's fine. For the majority of people, it doesn't work because it creates this binge restrict mentality where I have to restrict, restrict, restrict. I can't have these foods, can't have that foods, can't enjoy pizza. I can't go out to eat or have a drink or anything. But then on my treat day, cheat day, I have to go balls to the wall because I'm not going to be able to have it again until whatever day. And yeah, I understand that it's supposed to like, you're supposed to be able to have balance and all that kind of stuff. But for me and for a lot of people, this is the mentality that it gives is this restrict and then binge and then have to restrict again because you went overboard on the weekend, you feel guilty and you feel gross. And now you have to over restrict again. And for me, that wasn't a good long-term solution because it just led to a little bit way, way, way too much nitpicking with my food, which created this negative association with certain foods. Whereas if you're able to instead remove that treat day, cheat day, whatever you want to call it, and be able to implement foods that you love all throughout the week. Yes, I could, you know, like I would restrict things like pasta. Like I wouldn't have pasta until the weekend when really I could have pasta any day of the week. Like it doesn't matter and still see progress. So like little silly things like that. Like I wouldn't eat pasta until the weekend. Every meal had to be perfectly healthy and measured out and amazing and whatever. And I couldn't have cake or anything like that until, unless it was like a weekend or my treat or whatever. But it was this, like I said, it just created this silly relationship with foods, a bad relationship, I guess you could say, with these foods because it didn't allow for any flexibility. And I was restricting myself. It was too much restriction. So for me, when I started to just remove the cheat day, treat day mentality and be able to allow myself to have the foods that I wanted any day of the week... And being able to work them into a healthier lifestyle. My relationship with food relaxed and I felt much more um, 
free and relaxed when it came to food. So I wasn't feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to eat this entire pizza because I'm not going to have pizza until the next week. I was able to say, I can have pizza anytime I want. I could have pizza on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I'm going to have some pizza tonight. And if I don't finish it all, that's okay. And then maybe I'll have pizza again later next week. Maybe I won't. Same thing with like chips or something where I could enjoy some chips, but then also put them away in the cupboard because I knew that I could have them anytime and that it wasn't me cheating or treating myself. It was just, I'm allowed to have some fucking chips because I'm a goddamn human being. So that's what I mean by removing that and changing my mind on the whole cheat day thing. Like I said, for some people, it works really well. I know like Paul Carter, who is a pretty, um, Instagram famous personal trainer. Um, he's more bodybuilding style type of trainer. So he's not for everyone, but he talks about his cheat days and stuff like that. And I mean, he's been doing it for like 20 years. Same thing with like Dwayne, the rock Johnson, he'll post his like Epic cheat meals or whatever. And I mean, for him, I guess that works for him, but for your average everyday person like you and I, we don't need that. If anything, we need to be able to be more, um, removing restrictions around food and removing the idea of cheat days and treat days and good food and bad foods. Okay. Next one is that you must track calories. Everyone must track calories. So this has, what I basically want to do is just add some nuance to this because it doesn't, well, every approach doesn't work for every single person. So for me, I did track calories for quite a while. And I do still to this day track on and off. Like I have mentioned before in my uh, previous podcast, talking about my pregnancy and stuff. The only thing that I've really been tracking my pregnancy is my protein intake, just because I was slacking on it for so long. So that's kind of my ultimate goal is to just track my protein intake and make sure that I'm getting that in. Um, But, and for the longest time, that's really all that I've been worried about in tracking. Does every single person all the time, every day need to track calories? No. And there again is some nuance to this because tracking calories is a useful tool. So I, my stance on that remains the same. It is a useful tool. It really gives people a lot of information about what their eating is actually like. However, it's not for everyone. There are people who have eating disorder tendencies that maybe have a really bad relationship with food or struggled with an eating disorder in the past or obsessive compulsive tracking calories. That is not for them. Tracking calories would probably be the worst thing for them to start out doing regardless of their goals. So in that case, for somebody with that type of mentality or issues with tracking calories, removing that completely is actually what needs to be done and not tracking calories and working on your relationship with food. And the other thing is, is that you don't need to track calories for forever. Tracking calories is a useful tool for a short amount of time for most people to learn what portion sizes look like, what calorie, what, how many calories are in foods and just open up their eyes to be more conscious about what they're actually eating. However, though, it doesn't need to be done all the time, every day for life. And I actually have now changed my stance for a lot of my clients where I encourage them to not track every single day of the week, to track maybe four to six days a week so that they have days where they don't track. Because the ultimate goal is for you to be able to 
when it comes to like nutrition and things like that, the ultimate goal is for you to be able to rely more on your intuition and listen to your body. That's the ultimate goal. Listen to your body when you're hungry, listen to your body when you need something, want something that sometimes tracking calories all the time isn't going to align with that. So yes, I still am firm on the stance that tracking calories is a very useful tool, especially if you're struggling with weight loss and you don't know where you're quote going wrong. Tracking calories can be very helpful to just open up your eyes to how you're actually eating and where I hate even going wrong. I don't like saying that. I don't like saying that. Why did I say that? Um, not to where you're going wrong, but maybe where you can make some small changes and improvements can be made because then tracking calories can be useful, but is it something that you need to do all day, every day for the rest of your life? No, because ultimately the goal is for you to be able to eat more intuitively and not rely on tracking. So my stance has changed a little bit on it, however, not completely. One thing though, that my stance has changed a lot on is cardio. So I used to be of the belief that cardio is useless and stupid, and we don't need to do cardio. Since I've gotten older and I understand cardiovascular health and endurance and things like that more, I understand cardio's importance and its role in overall health. My stance on cardio for weight loss still stays the same where you don't need to kill yourself on the treadmill just for weight loss because weight loss really happens with nutrition, not so much with cardio or exercise. Doesn't change my stance on weightlifting at all. Weightlifting is still super important. Um, and everybody should be doing some form of resistance training, regardless of your goals or where you're at in your journey. Everyone needs to be doing some form of resistance training, but also cardio training is also important and everybody should be doing a form of it. Now, do people need to be doing hours of cardio a week? No. Do you need to run to do cardio? No. Do you need to doing be doing high intensity interval training or high endurance cardio? No. But just simple doing cardiovascular training is good for your overall health. Raising your heart rate a little bit. Uh, Jordan Syatt just actually did a really great podcast, a couple of podcasts about zone two cardio, uh, really informative. So I can't recommend that enough. Uh, once you're done listening to this podcast, you can hop over to the Jordan side mini podcast and listen to his, um, podcast episodes about zone two cardio, really informative, super awesome episodes. Um, where was I going with that? But that everybody should be doing some form of cardio where your heart rate is getting slightly elevated for a period of time even just 20 minutes, a few times a week of walking, cycling, swimming, uh, dancing, whatever it is that you enjoy getting yourself moving and your heart rate slightly elevated is proven to show great, um, and amazing results for your cardiovascular and overall health. So for the longest time I ignored cardiovascular training, which is silly because like I did jujitsu and kickboxing and all of these things that was my cardiovascular training, but I didn't really acknowledge the importance of it for my health. 
And now I understand the importance of it for my health. And it's something that I'm working on needing to do more of. I mean, it's a little bit more difficult because I'm pregnant. Uh, running right now is kind of hard for me. Um, I was never really a runner to begin with, but, um, cycling and stuff like that, especially when the spring comes is going to be kind of challenging because I'll be quite, quite pregnant by then. But even still just I ignored for the longest time the health benefits of cardiovascular training and just walking and getting myself moving in general, which is silly because, I mean, if we don't have our heart health, we don't really have a ton of other health, you know, for our bodies. So anyways, cardiovascular training, not as useless. However, though, oftentimes it is overdone. Um, when you're seeing people trying to kill themselves on the treadmill and stuff like that, all in the name of weight loss, it is not useless, but it is often overdone sometimes. So it, by implementing it throughout your week is very important for your overall health. Next one is, um, ignoring relationships with food and thinking that it wasn't a problem. So I used to not think, I used to think that, your relationship with food is irrelevant to your goals and where you want to be. And over time, working with clients and even working with myself on my relationship with food, it is so important and really a often misstep for people that affects your long-term progress. If you ignore your relationship with food and any negative relationships that you might have with it, it can affect your long-term progress. And I'm not an expert on relationship with food or anything like that. It's not my area of expertise. So as far as advice that I have, I don't have a ton of advice. I know where I had issues with my relationship with food and where I've been working on improving and definitely it's a topic for a podcast episode one day. Um, however, though, it's not something to be ignored. And oftentimes we just focus on, I just need to eat healthier. I just need to do this, do this, do that. I need to lose weight. I need to whatever. When oftentimes the first step that we need to do is actually improve and fix our relationship with food because there is some things, whether it's from our childhood, whether it was from being a teenager, whatever it is that often go ignored and carry into our adult life. And so many clients that I work with have had some kind of a negative relationship with food. And oftentimes it stems from our childhood and our teenage years in our young twenties, where we're introduced to dieting at a young age. We see our parents yo-yo dieting. We hear things like, oh, you can't eat that. That's bad food. You should be eating this. This is good food. You should be cutting things out. And you know, oftentimes going on and off different diets over the years, hearing about how these foods are bad and you need to eat these foods and these foods are, you know, you need to cut out sugar and you need to cut out artificial sweeteners and you have to cut out fruit, but yet fruit is good for you, but yet fruit causes cancer. And all of these things that it's no wonder why so many people have skewed relationships with food. So I don't have a ton of advice on it because again, it's not my area of expertise. However, though, if you are noticing this type of relationship with food, binge restrict habits, um, those types of things, definitely it is something to look into, to seek help on because it can and will affect your long-term progress for your goals, whether your goals are weight loss or muscle gains or whatever it might be. So something to think about. 
Next one, progress is only shown on the scale or in progress photos. I used to be huge on posting my body progress photos on Instagram. And I still do, um, not as much anymore, but if you go through my old photos, I used to post them like all the time, all the time, because that to me meant ultimate progress was what was seen in my progress photos and what was on the scale. However, though, I am not discounting the importance of progress photos. They are super important, uh, regardless of what your goals are. However, though, I have opened my eyes to, there are so many other forms of progress that we don't think about. So strength gains in the gym, our consistency, our relationship with food, um, how happy we feel, our sleep, our mood, be our you know, stress and anxiety levels, all of these things matter just as much as the scale and progress photos. So yes, the scale and progress photos do have their importance and I do use them with my clients, but I also like to look at other forms of progress. What are your strength gains like in the gym? How's your consistency been? Consistency to me is really like the number one. That is to me the number one form of progress because most people struggle with that. For most people, being consistent for a long period of time is the number one struggle. So if you can be consistent with your workouts and your nutrition or whatever you're doing towards your goals for three, six, nine months, that to me is way more progress over anything else and often is quite overlooked. So yes, progress photos and the scale are important. They are useful tools in measuring your progress over time. However, though, don't ignore other signs of progress. They are just as important. So just because you might not be noticing amazing progress on the scale or life-changing, you know, visuals in your progress photos, but you're consistent, you're getting stronger, your sleep is better, your mood is better, your relationship with food is improving. All of these other things matter so much that in all of these other areas, you're making progress that just because in two areas, you might not be seeing the progress you want just yet, doesn't mean that it's not coming. Something to think about. Progress is measured in more than one or two ways. There's so many different ways. And the other thing is also progress also is different for each individual, right? Each person is going to have goals and things that they want to change and work on that progress might look different to one person than another. So you can't compare your progress to somebody else's progress because you're not the same person with the same bloody goals. Next one, things that I've changed my mind on that you have to go hard every single workout. This was something that I did for the longest time. And where I would get into the gym and I would think, man, I just, you just got to go balls to the wall every single time and just like work out super hard and that all your workouts had to be like a one amazing workouts and make progress and lift heavier weights and all of these things. And if you didn't make progress or anything like that, then it was just a shitty workout. However, though, you don't have to go balls to the wall hard every single workout. You don't have to be a sweaty, gross, disgusting mess and sore for the next five days after every single workout. Now, a little bit of nuance to this. If you are never going, you know, really hard in the gym and getting sore and sweaty and 
working really hard, then that is a problem. Okay. So it's, there's nuances to both sides. There is, yes, you need to work hard in the gym, put in a good effort and progress yourself and push yourself, get outside of your comfort zone, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you don't need to injure yourself and try to kill yourself every single time. There's a balance here. Not every single workout is going to be an A1 all-star workout. Okay. Probably to be totally honest, out of every 10 workouts that I do, maybe about four of them are like awesome. I progressed. I did something different. I'm you know, that was an awesome workout. I worked really hard. And then the rest of them were good workouts. I got them done. I still pushed myself, you know, I still did my best. Some workouts, you know, out of those six out of 10 workouts, maybe two or three of them were just whatever. I I did it to get it done, but it wasn't great or amazing or anything like that. So not every single workout is going to be an all-star, amazing, stellar workout. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong or screwing up or anything like that. It just means not every single workout is going to be all-star amazing. And that's okay. So you don't have to go hard every single workout. And if you are going hard every single workout and pushing yourself too much, it can lead to injuries and burnout and things like that. So a little bit of mix in there. You don't need to kill yourself every single workout, but if you're, you know, really sucking on the intensity part of things, you need to reevaluate that. Next one, working out six days a week. So I was actually scrolling through my Instagram and at one point, you can probably find it if you go all the way down. I posted my workout schedule, my weekly workout schedule. And wow, was all that I could say. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was like, six days a week lifting weights. And then there was at least, then there was four days where I wrote down jujitsu, which meant either I was teaching jujitsu or I was participating in jujitsu. And I think I was like participating in jujitsu classes at least two or three days a week or kickboxing. It was either jujitsu or kickboxing classes two to three days a week. And then teaching the other days of the week. It was a lot. It was a lot. And then I wondered why I tore both ACLs and burnt out and <laughs> didn't stop making progress because I was doing too much. So I was working out six days a week, like lifting weights, holy cow, and trying to go balls to the wall every single workout. Like it was too much. And it's a wonder why after a while I felt like I plateaued. Like, I felt like I plateaued. I felt like I wasn't making any more strength gains and I was having a hard time like progressing my weights up in the gym and having a hard time also, um, seeing progress in my progress photos and things like that because I was not feeding myself properly. If you go back to the carbs should be restricted. (laughs) Um, and I was working out too much. So I wasn't having time to recover, doing lots of days, like two a day workouts and stuff like that. And it just wasn't smart. It wasn't smart. And yeah, it stalled out my progress because I had no recovery time. And then I started getting injuries like torn ACLs and shit like that. Like it wasn't smart. So you don't need to work out six days a week. And I actually, in my private, uh, Facebook group I have for my clients, I discussed this yesterday. Um, 
because I got the question, how many days a week is ideal to work out? And I discussed how, you know, like working out six days a week, your body just doesn't have enough time to recover. And so that is definitely something that I have changed my mind on is that I don't need to kill myself six days a week. And since I've done that, my gains have gotten better because I recover more. I'm able to up my weights a lot better because I have proper recovery and things like that. And I can actually go into my next workout feeling rested and ready to go. So anyways, yeah, it was a ridiculous time, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So you don't need to work out six days a week, especially like two a day workouts. At least I don't even know. I was doing like two a day workouts, at least four days a week. That was a lot. That was a lot, a lot. Blew my mind. Now I'm a mom and I wouldn't be able to do that anymore. (laughs) Okay. Next one. You guys will laugh at this, but just let me dive into it. The next one is that cauliflower pizza is good. (laughs) So this goes into the ultra healthy eating phase that I went into for a while there. So it was back when I was like, carbs should be restricted. And, you know, I was having treat meals and all that kind of stuff and following this person on social media and their diet and things like that a little bit too much where I convinced myself that like, certain things like call it, like I should be eating cauliflower pizza and zucchini noodles instead of spaghetti. And I should be making like cauliflower tortillas instead of just having a fucking regular tortilla on taco night. And that I couldn't have pasta. So I'd have to have like zucchini noodles and I should make a lasagna out of spaghetti squash instead of lasagna noodles and just things like this. And it wasn't all bad because I tried a lot of different recipes and stuff like that and like all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I ate like that all the time. Like it wasn't like I was just trying a new recipe and whatever, uh, just to give it a shot or, you know, it was something that I enjoyed having sometimes it was that I ate like that all the time. And I was doing it in the name of hashtag health and being kind of scared of carbs there for a while. And I remember having like arguments with my husband where like I would make cauliflower pizza for supper and he wouldn't eat it because he was like, that's gross. I don't like it. It's not that tasty. I would rather just have pizza and me being like, no, you need to eat this. It's good. It's just as good. But it wasn't like it was anyways. I was trying to like tell myself that I was having a pizza night when I was eating cauliflower pizza when I wasn't. That's not the same. It's not the same. So, and also doing things like I couldn't just have pancakes on the weekend. I had to make myself protein pancakes all the time, right? It wasn't like sometimes I made protein pancakes and sometimes I made regular pancakes. It was like all the time I made protein pancakes. And that's what I mean is that I didn't really include actual real balance into it. Whereas now I am much better with it. I will have just regular pancakes on the weekend. I will make regular pizza because I know sure as shit, my two and a half year old is not eating no cauliflower pizza, but I will have just regular pizza, but be able to incorporated a lot more easily into my life and not feel so restricted and like, oh my God, I have to eat this entire pizza because I can have these foods whenever I want. And then yes, 
one of my favorite recipes that I actually haven't had for a while and I should make it is I made like a cauliflower, uh, tuna, cauliflower and tuna casserole that I like to eat for lunch. Now I don't force my husband or anybody else to eat it, but I like it. And I actually take, think it tastes good, but I'm not going to pretend that, you know, it's pizza and that it's delicious, more delicious than pizza because it's not, but it is a good healthy lunch that I like to have is a little like tuna and cauliflower casserole. Anyway, so, and also other things like I would eat like sugar-free syrups and sugar-free barbecue sauces and stuff that all tasted like shit. They all tasted like shit, but I convinced myself that they were healthier because they were sugar-free instead of just having regular fucking syrup on my pancakes, which really isn't that many calories when you're thinking about the pancakes themselves. So, or I would be worried about having ranch dressing on my salad. Why do I need to be worried about having ranch dressing on my salad when I'm eating a big salad? Like the, you know, 60 calories and ranch dressing that I might be having on my salad is kind of minor detail compared to the amount of vegetables and stuff that I'm eating. So anyways, definitely changed my mind on that one. And I'm glad that I did because man, cauliflower pizza is not that good. And I'm sorry to anybody who really likes cauliflower pizza, but it's just, it is not the same. It's just not the same. Okay. We can all, you know, there are, we can all pretend that we like it, but it is not the same as like going to Pizza Hut and eating pizza. And now I want pizza. Anyway, I'm almost on my list. A couple more. <laughs> Next one is actually quite important. And it took me a while to learn this. That staying as lean as possible should be your ultimate goal. I'm going to repeat that. Staying as lean or at as low body fat percentage as possible should be an ultimate goal. And luckily I caught myself with this pretty early on, but there are a lot of people that don't. And this is super prevalent in the bodybuilding world um, and can be quite a problem for a lot of people. So Back when I was following that one person on social media, her whole shtick was she could stay, she was a former bodybuilder and she could stay stage show lean, like, you know, step on a bodybuilding stage lean 365 days a year. Now, the thing to remember about the bodybuilding world, when you see bodybuilders up on stage and, um, you see their pictures and things like that. And they're super lean and their muscles are popping and they're all tanned and whatever. They do not walk around like that 365 days a year. They might look like that for a week, a year. That's it. Like maybe one week. And oftentimes bodybuilders get addicted to being that lean that they will purposely do multiple bodybuilding shows in a row just so that they can stay that lean for a long period of time. And it can be quite dangerous. And people, there's a lot of people that come out of the bodybuilding world with really disordered eating habits, bad body image issues, all of these other things. And I went through this phase where, I mean, you you like the way that you look when your stomach is all toned. You can see your ab definition. You can see how lean you are and how skinny you feel, all that kind of stuff. 
it gives you that serotonin. However, though, some things to consider. When I was super lean, and I look back at the pictures of myself when I was super lean, I felt like I had to eat in a calorie deficit all the time. I had way, way less, um, I had a, had to restrict food so much more just to be able to stay that lean because I had to stay in a calorie deficit or, you know, lower calories to be able to stay that lean. I felt like I had to exercise all the time, six days a week to stay that lean. And I, um, was always worried about potentially gaining weight and that going away. But then also with all this happening, my strength gains were not progressing the way that they should be. My, um, muscle mass kind of peaked because I wasn't gaining muscle mass. I was scared to go into a bulk to gain muscle mass. Like I wanted to bulk up and put on more muscle mass, but I was scared to increase my calories because then I wouldn't be so lean. And that means I would probably put on some body fat and it just, it's not a good place to be. And like I said, I'm glad that I caught myself with it and kind of realized how foolish it was. And what actually helped me the most was getting pregnant with my daughter because I had to increase my calories. I had no choice but to increase my calories. And I gained quite a bit of weight in my pregnancy, which was, I think, good for me in mentally, um, in seeing the scale go up, but yet, you know, my life did not fucking shatter beneath me. The earth did not crumble underneath me because I was 190 something pounds when I gave birth. Um, and after my pregnancy, just focusing on getting strong again, feeling good and sleeping good and worrying just about how I felt physically and not so much about how I looked physically made a big difference for me. And I think for me, definitely understanding that staying as lean as possible isn't a good option for most people because oftentimes being that low body fat percentage isn't worth the amount of restriction that you have to go through, the amount of worrying that you have to feel like you have to do. And I would much rather have a positive relationship with my food and my body and be able to eat more pizza and enjoy food and things like that a little bit more than be able to see my ab definition on my stomach. Now, of course, you know, everybody does. I mean, as much as like we try to tell ourselves, oh, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I look like. Everybody does care what they look like to a degree. And maybe I will, I mean, it's highly possible that after my pregnancy that I'm in right now that I might go through some body image issues again. Hell, I'm going through some body image issues now, the bigger that I'm getting because I am bigger this pregnancy and this time around. And I'm rambling on here, but that's okay. Um, but just that the ultimate goal shouldn't be to be as lean as possible all the time, every day. The ultimate goal is actually to be able to have longevity and feel good and have a good relationship with food, be able to make progress in my workouts and the gym and things like that. And maybe being at a super low body fat percentage isn't my number one goal. So there you have it. Things that I have learned and changed and grown over the past, you know, seven years that I've been doing this in my own journey and then also working with clients that I've changed my mind on. And I'm sure in 
another seven or eight or 10 years, I will have more things that I've changed my mind on from today. And that's okay because I am showing myself that I'm learning and progressing and becoming a better trainer. And that's really the ultimate goal for me and for my clients at the end of the day. With that being said, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you coming and taking the time to listen. If you haven't already, please follow or subscribe to this uh, podcast. And if you are liking this podcast and what I'm doing here, please feel free to leave me a five-star written review. Reviews just help out so much with the podcast. And I cannot thank everyone you know, the people who have left reviews already enough, they help increase visibility for the podcast so that it actually ranks a little bit higher so that more people can come and see the podcast and I can help more people just like you. If you haven't already, please follow me on social media. I will post my Instagram, um, in the show notes and you can find me from on there. And you can also find my TikTok and everything else from my Instagram. Uh, if you have questions or want to know more about my personal training and online training options, please feel free to head to my website, www.fitlikeagirl.ca. And I will also post that in the show notes and you can look up more information on my online training options as well as you can contact me through there. And I will be more than happy to help you out and speak with you. And lastly, again, just thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate everybody who comes on by and takes a listen. And until next time, take care, fam.